plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to a brand new version of the Locked On Chargers podcast, part of the Locked On Network. And you'll notice that there was no intro, no opening to tell you who I am or what this is. What this is is pretty simple. As of right now, it is planned to be a daily podcast about the Los Angeles Chargers. Unfortunately, the intro we had still said San Diego Chargers. We're getting that updated, and soon it will say Los Angeles Chargers. And you'll hear that before you hear my voice, and I'm sure that'll be a much more pleasant experience. Who am I? Well, I'm not Derek Togerson. Derek Togerson was the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast last season when the team was still in San Diego. Derek Togerson is the lead sports reporter for NBC San Diego, and he has decided that if the Chargers are not going to be in San Diego, he is no longer going to be the host of this podcast. So my name is John Gennaro. You may know me as the former managing editor of Bolts from the Blue, uh, current assistant editor of Bolts from the Blue. You may know me from my podcast with Ben Higgins called the Squadcast Podcast, all about the San Diego Chargers. That was a weekly one. You may know me from my times filling in on the Mighty 1090 for Dan Cilio, the Scott and BR show, Darren Smith. Uh, what is known is this. I am from San Diego. I am in San Diego. I am uh, essentially a lifelong San Diego Chargers fan. And at the end of this podcast, I plan on telling you why I've decided to remain with the Chargers, even though they did not remain in the city in which I reside. But first, you're here for news and analysis and all that stuff. Let's get through that. And then we'll talk a little bit more about me. Now, I agreed to become the host of this podcast last week, and I've been itching ever since to do a podcast, which is why I decided not to wait for the intro uh, or any of the graphics, which probably still say Locked on Chargers with Derek Togerson, because I really want to talk about this Mike Williams situation. The first round draft pick of the L.A. Chargers, and it's important to stop right there and emphasize first round draft pick of the Chargers. A year after they had a catastrophe with their first round draft pick, kind of, in Joey Bosa, who didn't play through the first quarter of the season, due to a contract dispute, despite the rookie wage scale, which was supposed to eliminate contract disputes between teams and rookies. After that, in which the team was essentially made a mockery of, and then Joey Bosa went on to win the Defensive Rookie of the Year award, the Chargers once again are looking like maybe the first-round pick is not going to be uh, a perfect situation or scenario for them. Now, the Bosa thing has been settled. It's in the past. There's no need to worry about it anymore. But Mike Williams, a wide re receiver that they took out of Clemson, a guy who I like quite a bit, they took him with the, oh, I'm not remembering off the top of my head. I don't have it in front of me. Let's say the seventh or eighth, maybe ninth pick in the NFL draft. I want to say seventh sounds right. 
And he's a very good receiver. He's six foot three. He's 225 pounds. He wins jump balls. He has great hands. He runs good routes. Uh, he's very fast and strong and can be physical when he needs to be. Mike Williams, who missed his junior year at Clemson with a broken neck. In his very first OTAs practice, it's important that I emphasize OTA there, so that you know this is not a real practice. There's not pads on. There's not players hitting each other. Mike Williams didn't get hit, but at the end of his first practice, he got diagnosed with a back injury, a herniated disc in his back. Did he do it on that first practice? I mean, I guess you can herniate a disc in many different ways. It's possible, but it's certainly not the result of him playing hard-nosed football. It's not as if he was in a game or, or even a real practice or even a training camp practice. He was in OTAs and at the end of the first day, got diagnosed with a herniated disc. Since then, reporting tells me that he has had two epidurals. Yes, those are the things that get administered to pregnant women. They're pretty extreme painkillers. And I think the thought process with the Chargers doctors right now is let him let go of the pain and get him in the trainer's room where they can do some stretching and some pushing and some pulling. And maybe the disc will unherniate itself, for lack of a better term. And the report came out that the second epidural maybe wasn't taking. Maybe he was going to be out for the season. Mike Williams himself fired back and said, I don't know where all these reports are coming from. I'm going to be just fine. And the Chargers responded to that by essentially saying, training camp starts in a week. We plan to see him there. And that is when we will decide how bad his back is. So what you should take away from this is twofold. Number one, uh, Mike Williams does have an injured back. He does have a herniated disc. And no one is quite sure if this give him painkillers and maybe it'll work itself out method is going to work. Mike Williams seems pretty confident that it's going to work. The Chargers are not saying one way or the other. If they are confident it's going to work, they probably just don't want to jinx it. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, it might mean back surgery. And back surgery is not the type of thing you come back from in a couple of months. It's the type of thing you come back from in a year. Similar to when Mike Williams broke his neck the first game of his junior season and missed the entire year. Now, I saw a couple of different writers and reporters who cover the team who said, well, the Chargers are so stacked at wide receiver that even if they miss Mike Williams for the year, it's not going to be that big of a deal. And I understand that. And I agree. And that is exactly why when Mike Williams was picked, despite the fact I really enjoyed watching him in college, thought he was going to be a hell of a player, uh, I kind of shook my head a little bit saying, why are they picking this guy when they already have a number of different wide receivers, including Keenan Allen, who's definitely the number one wide receiver, even if Mike Williams is 100% healthy. Travis Benjamin, who they spent tons of money on last season. Uh, not to mention Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates, who are just about as good as wide receivers playing at a, the tight end position. They have loads of weapons, and I haven't even gotten to Tyrell Williams, who is kind of the undrafted, unknown guy who got put on the field last year and showed himself to be very, very valuable in this Chargers offense with Phillip Rivers. So yes, the Chargers would be fine without Mike Williams. We're hoping that that doesn't happen. 
But if it does, they'll be fine. Which just makes you ask the question, why didn't they spend that first round draft pick on a bigger position of need? Maybe don't wait to pick an offensive lineman. Or maybe pick some sort of pass rusher so you don't get into the bad situation with Melvin Ingram where you're forced to sign him to whatever contract he twists your arm into instead of taking the franchise tag. Or maybe look at just how thin the team is at cornerback, which is very, very, very thin at cornerback, and maybe game plan for a future there. Uh, or just look at, hey, the biggest loss on the team this season is going to be Danny Woodhead. Perhaps you could have used that first-round draft pick on someone to replace Danny Woodhead. None of this matters. Right now, we're in wait-and-see mode. But once again, for I don't know how many years in a row now, we're in a situation where either a high Chargers draft pick is injury-prone, hello, Keenan Allen, hello, Jason Verrett, and or a situation where the Chargers are kind of looked at by the rest of the league as, man, they really don't know how to pick first-round draft picks that just work. Like Joey Bosa would have been fine had they come to a, a contractual agreement earlier. And I guess in the end, he did work out fine. But it always seems like there's something wrong with the Chargers and their first-round draft picks, health-wise, contractual-wise, or otherwise. And that's where they sit with Mike Williams right now. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, a wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. On to the big news of the day, which is Robert Griffin III former offensive rookie of the year, uh, formerly thought to be one of the greatest quarterbacks in the entire league for the, the Washington Redskins, is trying out to potentially get a chance to be the Chargers' backup quarterback, which is quite a fall from grace. But here's how he got there. At the end of his rookie season, uh, Robert Griffin played on what we knew was kind of a, an injured knee, and he injured it further. Since then, uh, he started 13 games for the Redskins in 2013 and went 3-10. and 10, Throwing 12 interceptions to 16 touchdowns. Now, his first year, his rookie year, threw just 5 interceptions, threw 20 touchdowns, completed over 65% of his passes. Uh, so 2013, almost as many interceptions as touchdowns. 2014, he started just seven games for the Redskins, going two and five, and threw more interceptions than touchdowns, six to four, before the Redskins finally cut bait. Last year, he looked at his options, said, I really want a chance to be a starter, ended up with Hugh Jackson and the Cleveland Browns. A lot of people thought that was a good spot for him, myself included. And he got five starts, was injury-prone, went one and four, and threw more interceptions, three, than touchdowns, two, and completed less than 60% of his passes. Robert Griffin III has passed from potentially great quarterback into probably bad quarterback almost overnight. And it makes a lot of sense 
uh, when you factor in some background things. Number one, uh, he's a guy that heavily relies on his athleticism, which is in decline. And he's a guy that, from the stories we've heard of his time at Baylor and his time even that rookie season with the Redskins, he's not really a game planner. He's not really a playbook guy. He's more of a backyard kind of quarterback who runs the play, waits for something to break down, runs away from pass rushers, finds someone open downfield, and hits them. That's a fine way to play if you're crazy athletic, like, say, Michael Vick was. But Robert Griffin III is very quickly getting away from the crazy athletic moniker. It's also a fine way to play if you want to find yourself injured regularly, like Tony Romo. Or, let's throw another one in there, Dante Culpepper. Sometimes those quarterbacks have short-lived careers, like Dante Culpepper. Sometimes they continue to come back and continue to get injured, like Tony Romo. And sometimes they just turn into Robert Griffin III and turn out to be bad quarterbacks who continue to cash checks, continue to try and get back quarterback jobs, continue to try and be in-the-pocket quarterbacks because of their strong arms and eventually maybe realize it's just not for them. All of that being said, I'm actually a big fan of what the Chargers are doing here because there is nobody on the Chargers roster that I find to be more useless than Kellen Clements. And I understand somebody has to sit behind Phillip Rivers, and I also understand that that somebody is probably never going to get into an NFL game outside of the preseason. That being said, if Phillip Rivers gets hurt and Kellen Clemens comes in, that is not really better than having nobody come in because Kellen Clemens, in his time with the Chargers, has been terrible. Every single preseason, he gets outplayed by some late-round or undrafted rookie free agent, and somehow he keeps his job. My working theory is that he's either good in the film room or Philip Rivers really likes hanging out with him. Either one are perfectly reasonable options and reasons to keep Kellen Clemens around because he's probably never going to get into a game. Why I like the Robert Griffin III, at least look, audition, is I've been saying for years what the Chargers could use with the backup quarterback spot is someone who's a little bit more mobile, someone who's more of an athletic quarterback. Why? Two reasons. One, in practice, that guy, in this scenario, Robert Griffin III, can play on the scout team. If the Chargers are playing against a team that week that has an athletic, scrambling, mobile quarterback, and they need to game plan for it, suiting up a cornerback uh, to, to play quarterback on the scout teams because you need someone mobile doesn't really help the defense all that much. Putting an actual mobile athletic quarterback back there so they can figure out what happens when the play breaks down and he's running away from people and the cornerbacks know how long they need to keep their assignments downfield. All of that is very, very useful stuff to know and to practice against. So Robert Griffin III will help in terms of practice. On top of that, and this kind of goes back to when the Chargers signed Doug Flutie to be their backup quarterback, I always appreciate when the backup quarterback can provide a different look 
than the starting quarterback, which is not to say I want Robert Griffin III to come in on random plays or that the Chargers should run a wild card or anything like that. Wildcat, sorry. But if Phillip Rivers were to get injured in a key game, the person I would want in there is not a really bad quality replica of Phillip Rivers, a Phillip Rivers who can't read defenses or throw the football far or accurate. It would be someone who's totally different than Phillip Rivers, who the opposing defense has not practiced against, and that will be a thorn in their side. Because teams that are practicing to play against Phillip Rivers, if he were to go down, are not prepared mentally to go against a player like a Robert Griffin III. I don't care how bad he was with the Cleveland Browns last year. He was bad because other teams were preparing to be against him. And in the long term, he would probably be a bad starting option for the Chargers. But so would Kellen Clemens. In the short term, in a single game, he might actually be a good option. And he's coming highly recommended from Pep Hamilton, who's a well-respected former offensive coordinator for the Colts, former offensive coordinator for the Stanford Cardinal. He's a man who really understands how to get quarterbacks in football shape and play to their strengths, and he's been working out with Robert Griffin III, which means RG3 has not just been sitting at home on his couch going, oh man, a team's going to call me at some point. He's been working towards this. So it's entirely possible that he is a better player now than he was a year ago. Entirely possible. And the more time he spends in this offense learning from Phillip Rivers, from Ken Wisenhunt, from Anthony Lynn, the better he may be suited to take over. But what I want in a backup quarterback is someone who is different from the starting quarterback and someone who at least has the potential to be a good quarterback. And neither one of those things are Kellen Clemens. Kellen Clemens is scheduled to get a million dollars in salary this year from the Chargers. It would cost them only $80,000 in dead money to cut him. I don't think RG3 has to work all that hard to win the backup spot away from him. But first, he has to get an invitation to camp. And that starts today. So he's got to be very impressive in today's audition, today's workout. And then we can start watching his performance in training camp practices, in preseason games, and watch how he, in my opinion, will probably outplay Kellen Clemens and win the backup role for the Chargers. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Finally, I said I would do this, so I'm doing this again. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with me, my name is John Gennaro. I've been a fan of the San Diego Chargers since I moved to San Diego in 1998, uh, which means I got there right around the same time as Ryan Leaf. I was there through the bad years, the 1-15 in 15 years. I was there through the good years, the Marty years, the John Butler years, the 14-2 and two years, the A.J. Smith years. I was there through all of that, all the way to today. And I've lived in Los Angeles. I like Los Angeles a lot. 
But when the Chargers left San Diego, I was back here in San Diego. I was working in the sports media industry in San Diego, and it was a huge blow to me. Huge blow, professionally and personally. And I said to myself, I'm not going to be rash. I'm not going to make any immediate decisions about whether or not I'm going to root for the Chargers or a different team this upcoming season. But I knew I was going to root for somebody. And part of my grieving process and part of my research led me to some Rams blogs. Because I thought, you know, hey, I really like how the Rams do things. I like their uniforms. I, I like their, their owner. Uh, I like the fact that they hired a head coach who's younger than me. I like Wade Phillips. I think no matter where he goes, you're going to get a, a fantastic defense. I think Aaron Donald is maybe the most exciting defensive player in the league, or at least in the top five. And, you know, in a few years, when the stadium opens for the Rams and the Chargers, they're going to be exactly the same amount of distance away from me. And one of them will have broken my heart in some way, and the other one will not have. So I started reading Rams blogs. I started following Rams Twitter accounts, blog accounts, reporters' accounts. And what I realized was this, after doing this for a couple of months, there is a, a, a language, a, a vernacular that can be spoken between fans, reporters, and people that are just part of a, a football team's fan base. And I speak it very well when it comes to the Chargers. And when it comes to the Rams, I had no idea what they were talking about about 50% of the time. I had no idea which players they were complaining about which players they were excited about, uh, things in their history that were being brought up that just you know blew right past me because I didn't care about the St. Louis Rams at the time. And after trying for a month or two, I realized, man, it's really going to take me a couple years to catch up and try and become a person who really understands not just this year's Rams team, but last year's Rams team, 10 years ago's Rams team, 20 years ago Rams teams, the legends and lures in the history of both the Los Angeles and St. Louis Rams. And I already know all that with the Chargers. And I already like Phillip Rivers. And I already like Antonio Gates. And, you know, I, I have my, my little quirks of players that I, I really enjoy. Uh, Joey Bosa, Jason Verrett, Keenan Allen. I, I have my list of players that... For one reason or another, I don't enjoy as much. I, I won't list them now. I'm sure you'll eventually figure them out as you continue to subscribe and listen to this podcast. But at the end, it wasn't about whether or not I wanted to be a Chargers fan. I am a Chargers fan. I have a Chargers bolt tattooed on me. I am a Chargers fan. And the fact that they moved from San Diego to Los Angeles is a business decision that I actually understand. Uh, I, I don't think they went about it the right way, but I do understand it. And so at the end, I was just kind of left thinking, well, if I'm not a Chargers fan, I don't know that I'm a fan of anybody. And I don't know that I want to watch the NFL is not a fan of anybody. I've met those people. They're weird. So I will continue to be a fan of the Chargers. I can't promise in a couple years that when Rivers and Gates and Keenan Allen and Joey Bosa and Jason Verrett are gone, that I'll still care about the Chargers, but it's a likelier scenario than me caring about any other NFL team. So that's why, after spending a few months thinking about it, I decided, as a resident of Southern California, I will continue to root for the Los Angeles Chargers. And the fact that they moved... 200 miles or whatever it is 
up to five doesn't bother me as much as it bothers other people. Maybe that's because I've never been a season ticket holder. I didn't really enjoy going to games at Qualcomm Stadium. I mostly enjoy following the team day to day, watching the the games on TV, and and my life as a Charger fan doesn't change all that much uh, personally with them moving up to Los Angeles. So I'm here to stay. And I'm sorry that Derek isn't, or I'm sorry that if Derek decided he wanted to be a, a continue to be a Chargers fan, he couldn't continue to host his podcast. But I am thankful and grateful for the opportunity. And I hope if you've enjoyed this podcast, you subscribe, if you're not already, to Locked On Chargers on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere else that you can find it. Rate it, review it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, John M. Gennaro, J-O-H-N-M-G-E-N-N-A-R-O. And send me your feedback. Let me know how I can make this a fun, exciting podcast for you because I'm going to be doing it every day. And if you guys are going to be listening every day, I want you to take some ownership as well and tell me the things that you like so I can start doing them for you. Until tomorrow, I guess, I'm out of here. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.